Last week we we started with two two of the seven decisions that we're talking about in this series, and the series is called Decisions for Success, and we covered the first two last week. So if you missed that, be sure and get online and um, take a look at those and listen as well. If you can't, if you don't have the ability to get online, you can order a CD back at the table and, and pick that up. Because I believe this, this series and these decisions for success are important as we start our year and we begin to have a little bit of a mind change uh, you know, concerning the decisions that we make. And the thing about success, and I mentioned this last week, is that I, I believe God wants all of us to be successful in every area of our life. And that success is not just limited to our job or money or dollar signs, but success is uh, all the different aspects of our life. When you're talking about family, relationships, uh, our jobs are included in that, and all the things that we do in our life. And I used to think that success, though, was, was based on, you know, your job. And, you know, but success is not based on that. It's based on who you are. And as a Christian... We know that success is doing and fulfilling the will of God for our life, is walking in the will of God. And how we do that is by making the right choices, making the right decisions, and using the Word of God to help us to make those decisions and make those choices. And so the thing about, the main ingredient for success is, is change. And the thing about that is, is that it, there's always change going on. And there's different things that are hit to us. And I used to, years ago, growing up, we, we lived with uh, Grandma and Grandpa for a while in, the, in Tennessee before we moved up in this area. And I used to play cards with my grandfather. And you, you kind of had to watch Grandpa because he was sneaky with the cards. And so I always made sure I dealt and I counted all the cards before we started. Um, so I... He's the one who taught me all about poker, and we would play with little pennies and, and play uh, the, the cards. And we played this other game called Blackjack. I, I'm sure everyone's heard of it, or 21, however you want to say it. And we were playing this, this you know, Blackjack game, and I remember thinking, if only I knew what that next card was going to be. If only I already knew what it was going to be before it came over. Because, you know, I had 15, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, do I stay with 15, or do I get another card and risk going over 21? Because the closest to 21 wins, and I know this, and but I don't know what that card's going to be. Do I want to hit or stay? And, and it's a decision you've got to make right there, and, and, you're, and you're thinking, man... And I used to think, man, if I only knew the cards. And then I started thinking, well, maybe if I only knew how to mark the cards, and then I could really figure this thing out, you know. And then I thought, no, that would be cheating. And I know what mom and dad taught me about that. And, you know, the thing is, is there's no marked cards in life. There's just not. We have no idea the cards sometimes that gets turned over, some of the things that, that take place. This morning, my phone rang. It was my wife. She hadn't left the house yet, and the van wouldn't start. She didn't know that the van wasn't going to start when she got out there, and I didn't either, or I would have stayed, and I could have jumped the van off before we got here. Apparently, some light or something or a, 
electronic something in the van was left on. And it had worn down the battery. And so the neighbor across the street jumped my wife off on the, in the car and, and they were able to get here. But see, those are things, we, we just don't know what's going to happen from one moment to the next. And there are decisions we have to make. And like I said, we don't know what the card's going to be when it's flipped over. We just know that when the card gets flipped over, we've got to deal with that card. And that's the card we have. And that's the card we've got. To, and it may feel like, well, TJ, every time the card gets flipped over, I'm busting out over 21. It just feels like all the time it's a bust. So well, hang in there. Hang in there. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep pressing in. I believe that God's, uh, you know, the, the ace is going to come over and you've already got a king. And you're going to have that 21. That's what I'm believing. I'm believing it for myself and I'm believing it for you as well. So the main ingredient for success is change. And these things are, are always, is always changing. Now these seven decisions for success... The first one that we talked about last week was the buck stops here. And Ed Cole, this is the title, one of his chapters in, in Maximize Manhood. It's a good, good chapter, good book. And there's been many others who said this. I believe it was FDR that coined the phrase, I believe, if I remember right, I think. Was it Truman? Okay, it was Truman. Hey, there's so many. So, uh, you know, back in the day, he, you know, he coined this phrase. And, and it's meant different things. And people put different meanings to it. But... Really, if you look at it, and you could pretty much say it's taking responsibility. That's a, that's a real simple way of saying this point, number one. Taking responsibility. It's taking responsibility for the decisions that you made, taking responsibility for the past that you have, even if it's not your fault. And that's the hard part, because there's many things, there's uncontrollable forces. There's that, you know, card that comes over that causes us to bust, and we didn't want that card, and we didn't ask for it. It just happened, you know, but... When we take responsibility for it, we're able to put it in the rearview mirror. We're able to leave it right there behind us, and we don't have to look at it anymore. But when we continue to not take responsibility and blame, just like we went over last week with Adam and Eve, and we continue to blame it on somebody else or blame our circumstance on something else, and we don't take responsibility for it, we're always thinking about it. It's always brought up, and it's that excuse that causes us to not go forward. And what we need to propel us forward is to put those things behind and not even think about it and know that today is the day. Just like we sang this morning, today is the day. It's a new day. We're going forward. Everything else is behind. Amen? Now the second decision for success that we went over last week was I will seek wisdom. I will seek wisdom. And you know, Proverbs is full of the, the different scriptures in there on wisdom. And like I say, if you didn't get to hear the message last week, be sure and get, get online and listen to that. Because there's some things in there that we need and that, and that you need that will help you uh, to seek wisdom. Because it's not just asking somebody about something. You know, it's more than that. Seeking wisdom is, is, is a whole lot more with our life and how we live it and who's around us and who's not around us. And so the, the main source for wisdom, however, we know comes from God. It comes from His Word. We read in His Word. We look to Him. We pray to Him. We get a word from the Lord. And when we get a word for it from the Lord, and we know what we're supposed to be doing, and we got wisdom on a decision, we've, we've got it, and we understand what we're supposed to do, then we need to become point number three, or decision number three, which is I am a person of action. And we begin to move, and we begin to act. We are not passive, we are aggressive. And we aggressively pursue the action that we know that we're supposed to take. 
supposed to do today. I want to read from my notes just for a minute on this, on this decision. Beginning today, I will create a new future by creating a new me. No longer will I dwell in a pit of despair, moaning over squandered time and lost opportunity. I can do nothing about the past. My future is immediate. I will grasp it with both hands and carry it with running feet. When faced with the choice of doing nothing or doing something, I will choose to act. Isn't that good? We will act. And that is, and we use, using the word of God, using the wisdom that we've gained from the Lord, we can make an action. We can act on decisions and things that happen in our life. And when we don't know what to do, we seek that wisdom. And then from there, we've got to move. And just like last week when we were talking about with, uh, seeking you know, wisdom, one of the things I said, or I put a, a quote up on the screen, and it was that, you know, God didn't always, you know, put in the ability, God didn't put in me the ability to always make the right decision. But He has given us the ability to make a decision. And whether it's right or wrong, and then make it right. And that's the thing, is that we have the ability to do. That we can have action towards the things we know we've got to do. Now, the thing about this is this third decision. It's, it's real similar to the fourth one, and they kind of go together. And we're just going to talk about the third and fourth one today. And next week we'll finish up with the other three, hopefully. Because uh, there's a lot to the, the one after, after this one. But... The thing is, is that, you know, when you're going through a situation and, you know, it just feels like it's just totally out of your control, the thing that we've got to realize is that it's not out of our control. There is always something that we can do, even if it's just to pray. Even if it's just to pray. And and that's the thing. Some people say, I just don't know what to do. There's always prayer. We can always do that. We can always talk with someone else that we believe that may be able to help us out. Where there's always something that we can act to do. It's better to do something than to just do nothing. And so the first point under this decision here, number three, is I seize the moment, I choose now. And that when we live our life that we're, and what this kind of means is that we're energetic and that we move, you know, quickly and that we don't get lazy. When we know that we're supposed to, go to work if we keep laying in the bed and keep hitting the snooze button we know we're going to be late right if we already know that we're supposed to be somewhere if we already know what god's called us to do and we already know that i've got to take care of my the children if i already know i've got to take care of dinner if we already know, we have all so many responsibilities and if we already know we've got to do it we've got to seize that moment and take care of it if we made a decision that we even something as simple as cleaning out the closet if we make a decision and say, i got to clean out the closet, if we put it off till tomorrow, we'll just keep putting it off. Isn't that right? That's what happens. You know, so we, we can't get lazy. And the scripture talks a lot about laziness. And, they, and he talks about the sluggard. In Proverbs 13.4, it says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Isn't that good? And, you know, see, I know that my, my future is immediate. And I can't just sit around and do nothing because I'm wasting the time that I have. So i, I got to make a decision to wake up in the morning, have a spring in my step, a smile on my face, and be energetic and be a person of action, knowing what I've got to do for the day. 
And see, this helps us when we set off our year in the beginning of the year and we have these. It helps us to make decisions and it helps us to be confident and it helps us to move forward when we're looking to the Lord, looking to His Word and understanding that, that you know, laziness is not where it's at. It's seizing the moment, choosing now, being a person of action because wealth and prosperity hide from the sluggard. Wealth and prosperity hide from the sluggard, but rich rewards come to the person who moves quickly. And it's not just the rich rewards of money. It's the rich rewards of just knowing I accomplished what I was supposed to do today. God spoke to me and I was supposed to speak to that person. I did that. I didn't put it off. I didn't put it off to the back burner. I knew that I was supposed to just even clean out the closet, and I did it, and I got it done. You feel so much better in your day. And because when the, the slugger doesn't feel good about his day, he feels like he just kind of wastes. And it's the beginning step. It's the first step towards depression. It's the first step towards self-pity. It's the first step towards being down and in the dumps. I'm kind of talking fast and preaching fast because we've got we to gotta move along. But are you hearing me this morning, church? Proverbs 18.9 says, Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Proverbs 21.25 says, The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. And the thing is, and this is just extra you know, here today, is that we are all leaders. Even if you just lead by example, you are a leader. And when you're lazy, people are looking at it. When you're behind, you're putting things off. They see it and they notice it. When you're energetic, when you're moving, when you've got that smile on your face, when nothing's bothering you and you've got the past behind and you're looking forward, people notice it. And they begin to look at you and they're saying, what are you doing? What is going on with you? And it's not being out there being some big vocal leader. We see some of these football players and they get out there and they pump their teammate up and they're, you know, the leader, he's out there and he's doing it. Sometimes it's just leading by example, going through and tackling the day and seizing the moment and having that energy and people feed off that energy. You are creating a wave of success for people to begin to catch the wake of that thing. Are you hearing me? Is this good this morning? So as a leader, you've got the ability to encourage others, just even through your example, and to inspire other people, inspire people to greatness. I mean, there's people that, that, that lead, and they don't even know they're leading. And there are others that are following and look and say, I've got to be like that. I need to do that. The second point under decision number three is, I can make a decision, I can make it now. You know, a person who moves neither left nor right is destined for mediocrity. Where you can't move. In James 1.8 it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you're unstable. And it's, it's, it's a mediocre life where you're constantly, where you can't make a decision. Have you ever felt like you just can't make one and you're just struggling and you're just going on and on and you spend hours thinking about it, maybe days, maybe weeks, and you're just, you can't make the decision and you struggle with it? I've been there even recently. You know, I've been challenged by studying this message to myself, going, you know what, I need, to, I need to look down inside, I need to pray, seek God, and know what God's spoken, and I need to remember what God's spoken, and I need to move on it, no matter what. I've got to move on it. I've got to make that decision. You know, a lot of times when we're faced with the decision, it, you know, when we say, well, I'm waiting on God. And, and most of the time, really, it's God waiting on us, right? Now, you know, God's never, like, just waiting the thing about it is, is God is always moving. God is always working. Whether he's, you can see it working in your life or not, it doesn't matter. God is always working and moving. He's never just 
taking a nap and you're waiting on him. I mean, it's just not like that. He doesn't sleep. So he's always moving. And the thing is, is that we say, okay, we're waiting on, or we say that, okay, well, God's waiting on us. Well, he's not really waiting. He's moving and working. And it's just up, us, up to us to choose to make a decision and move and grab a hold of what we've asked God about. It's up to us because He's given us the wisdom. He's given us the tools to be able to make decisions, to be able to move out. And, you know, sometimes we, we, we do. We wait on the Lord on His timing. and Maybe we're not settled. Maybe we're not settled in our spirit. And that's okay. But if we get into the mode of everything that we have in life that, that we know we're supposed to do, and we get in this mode of, well, I'm just waiting on God, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And nothing's going to get done. So we've got to be a person of action and be able to make decisions. And we can make decisions. We can make it now. Because God's given us a healthy mind to gather and sort information and the courage to come up with a solution or a conclusion to the thing that we're facing. God's given us that. And that's the next point is that I am courageous. I am daring. I am courageous. You know, fear no longer has a place in my life. A lot of times we don't make decisions because of fear. And a lot of times we make decisions out of fear. And that's when we miss it. That's when we make a wrong decision. That's when we're not making a decision of success. We're making a decision towards failure is when fear gets into the equation. But how many, you know, you you know here this morning that fear is under our feet. That we can bruise fear with our heel. We are above fear. We can be courageous. You know, fear is nothing but a vapor. It's an imposter. It's one that comes, it doesn't really have power over us and just unless we let it. It's just the, and we just, when we recognize fear and you can recognize it, when you go, are you sure you're making, that's what fear does, are you sure you're making the right decision? And puts all these seeds of doubt and unbelief. But you can squash that fear. For God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1.7. He's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, a sound mind. So we don't have to even fear failure because in my life, you know, I just have decided that failure is a myth. I mean, if I do make a wrong decision, I know I can make it right. I know that I can make it right. I know that I can move on. I know that I can put that thing behind me. So we need to be able to be courageous, be a person of action. I want to read this here. You know, we need to be able to say this. I may die today, but I will not die with a bullet in my back. I will not die in retreat. Just like Paul, Paul said, you know, the one thing I do, I press towards the mark. I'm pressing on. And, and, you know, every time I see that phrase, you know, and I don't know if he was talking about a runner or, or not, but I think of a runner. When a runner's pressing towards the mark, he's not even looking to the right or the left, and he certainly isn't looking behind. Because if he does, he's not going to win that race. He's not going to get to the mark in front of all the others. When I press towards the mark, I'm not looking around. I'm not wavering. It's straight ahead. I'm tackling it straight on. I'm a man of action. Amen? Just continuing on. So to summarize, number three, a person of action. I seize the moment. I choose now. I can make a decision. I can make it now. I am courageous. Fears under my feet. I am a person of action. Number four. The number four decision. We're going to run through this as quick as we can. Number four is I have a decided heart. I have a decided heart. And the first point under this decision is my course has been charted. My destiny is assured. A wise man must said, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. 
Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, let's read. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Notice the first thing. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. It's with everything. And the thing is, is that the scripture says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. And this is why we trust the Lord with our heart. And when you lean unto Him, and not just with your own understanding, and you begin to lean towards Him, your heart begins to follow Him, and then all of a sudden, your heart can get decided. You can have a decided heart. And you can have that thing where, okay, my course is charted, my destiny is assured. It doesn't matter who criticizes me, because tell you what, there's always going to be critics. And be careful who you share your vision with, because they'll always try to tear it down or make it too small, right? There's very few that will look at you and say, that sounds good to me, go for it and encourage you. And we need to be able to encourage one another when we know and we see what someone else is doing. We don't need to criticize or condemn. Uh, you know, and, and these things in complaint, you know, they're, they're creatures of the wind. They don't have any power over us. And complaining never got us anywhere anyhow. And the criticizing never got anybody anywhere <laughs> anyhow. Right? When, they, when someone's just criticizing you, putting you down, putting it over that. Andy Andrews said this, Poor is the man whose future depends on the opinions and permissions of others. Isn't that good? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I don't depend on that. I'm more concerned about what God thinks than what man thinks. I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please God. Amen. So it's not about that. Poor is the man whose future depends on the opinions and permissions of others. Because if it did, I never would have much of a future. I would be that slothful person if I looked at what everybody else did. I've gotten those letters that said, TJ, you're missing it. I've gotten that email before. I understand that, you know, and they're no longer here and they're gone. And, you know, it, just, it doesn't matter what you do. Even if they were wrong and you're right, it just doesn't matter. You just have to ignore the criticism. You have to shove it aside, especially when you have a word from God. When you know you've put the buck, you, you've, uh, you, you've not passed the buck, you've taken responsibility, you've sought wisdom, and you've made a decision, and now your heart's decided and you're going forward, forget the criticism. Put it aside. Put it aside. It can be under your feet. The power to control your direction belongs to you. And today, we need to be able to exercise that power no matter what. Point number two, under four, here is, I am passionate about my vision for the future. I am passionate about my vision for the future. The thing about passion is it's a product of the heart. And as we start getting passionate for God, we begin to press into Him. We begin to pray. We begin to seek His Word in His Word. And the Word begins to come alive. We start to get passionate for the things that are in the Word. And, and you, you know, that passion can drive us. It, it's what helps us when you have a great dream. You have to have passion to be able to keep on the path and to begin to look at, look at that dream and keep it in your sights. And so we've got to be able to wake up every morning with that excitement about the new day, like I was saying before with the other point. And that, you know, knowing that it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for change. It's an opportunity to make decisions. And even though not knowing what the card is that's flipped over, I'm still looking forward to it. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We've got to guard our heart. We've got to look at it and say, you know, no matter what, 
I, I'm, I'm going to put this lock on my heart and it's just reserved for God and what He's telling me and I'm going to keep my decisions based on what the lined up with the Word of God and no matter what anybody says, I'm moving forward. I want to read this here. Is, yes, I have a dream. It is a great dream and I will never apologize for it. Neither will I ever let it go. A person without a dream never had a dream come true. And that's the truth. I sat the other night in my house. A teenager was in my house and she was sitting there and she began to talk about what, you know, she felt that she was going to do after high school. She was a junior in high school. And she began to tell me about what college she was going to and what career she wanted to do. And, you know, sometimes it's, it, it, it's tough, especially at that age, because, you know, they're trying to figure out, you know, young people are trying to figure out what to do with their life. But she already kind of had made a decision, and she sounded pretty sure of herself. And I looked at her, and I said, that sounds really good. Now, don't let anybody talk you out of going to college. You go to that college. That's a good college. And you go there, and you go with the Word of God, and you just don't let anybody bring you down or criticize you, and you just keep pressing forward no matter what. And then she wasn't expecting me to say all that, but I had just got done studying earlier that morning, and I just knew, okay? So, you know, and she looked at me like, okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, encouraging her to follow that dream, to go after that dream, and to pursue it. And don't let anybody talk you out of it. It doesn't matter what somebody else is thinking. You can get there and you can do that. I looked her right in the face and said, you can do it. And she said, well, I'm struggling with this class. And I, go, I don't care what you're struggling with. You can get past that. You can go over it. You can, you know, I gave her some tips on that too. How to not struggle, you know, and to move on. You know, that whole thing. Find the smart one in the class and look at that, have them help you out. You can get through it. God will help you. He'll see you through. If it's a dream that He's birthed in your heart, you guard that and press forward and keep going. And as others see that belief in your eyes, they'll follow you. They'll follow you because they see it. And, and, the, and it'll be an example unto them. And they'll get a dream. And they'll begin to press forward. And they'll begin to go. The next point is I will not wait. I will not wait. The purpose, I'm going to read this here, the purpose of analysis is to come to a conclusion. I have tested the angles, I have measured the probabilities, and now I have made a decision with my heart. Don't wait for the conditions to be exactly right before you start. The conditions will never be exactly right. And that is so true. You know, it's... I, I remember... Dad and I, we love to fly stunt kites when we go to the beach. And we go to the beach ever so often. <laughs> we don't get to go every year like we used to. But we, we go down there and we fly these kites. Now, these kites are not just a single-line kite where you just stand there and they go up and you just look at it. These are two-line kites. Now, those are cool, okay? But, you know, we have these two-line kites and there's two lines on it. If you've ever seen them, they spin around. You can do tricks with them and you can move them all around. But the conditions have to be right for the kite flying. You have to have at least a minimum amount of wind. And if you have too much wind for the type of kite that you have that, that it's rated, if it's way up there, it can mess your kite up. So the conditions have to be right. But they don't have to be exactly right. And you know what? They never are. And the wind blows pretty consistent on the beach, but it's not exactly consistent like turning on a fan and you put your hand in front of the fan and that wind will blow against your hand and it will be the same no matter what as you have your hand in front of the fan. Unless it's battery operated and the batteries start going dead. 
which has happened before. But the wind just keeps blowing, and, it, and it's very consistent. But out on the beach, it's not 100% consistent the exact same. So the conditions are never exactly right, but once it gets close enough, we're out there. We're on the beach. We're, not, we're out of the swimming pool. We're out of the ocean water. Don't go too far out there anyways. There are sharks out there, you know what I mean? So, you know, the conditions may not be exactly right, but we can start flying. And we can get those kites in the air, and it's such a good feeling. When we, we're like, yep, that's it. That's good. That's enough wind. And we get it up there, and sure enough, it worked good enough. And we're up there, and we're flying. It felt good to get out there and just do it, to make that decision and go. Because that we didn't miss it. That we didn't wait too long and run out of daylight. Or we didn't, you know, just put it off because it wasn't exactly the right amount of wind for that kite. And that's what we've got to do when we're making decisions. It's not going to be exactly right. We can't be timid. We can't, we've got to be able to move now and not look back. We've got to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Because you deceive yourselves. That's what the scripture says in James 1.22. Be doers of the word. Not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And you're deceiving if you're waiting for, deceiving yourself if you're waiting for the exact right moment to make a decision. What I put off to tomorrow, I'll keep putting off to the next day as well. Don't procrastinate. Do not procrastinate. Let me say it one more time. Don't procrastinate. Procrastination is of the devil. It is not of the Lord. I say a little humorously because I think all of us have a little bit of procrastination in us, but some of us just don't at all. I mean, I wish I, I, wish I was totally there. The more and the more that we get away from procrastination and the more that we do it now, the better it goes for us. Don't wait. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not unto men. Don't put it off. Do it. Work heartily. Don't put off confronting problems. Problems become smaller when you confront them. When you hit them dead on, they begin to come smaller. The more you put it off, the problem grows in your mind and it gets bigger than what it is and a molehill becomes a mountain. Isn't that true? To summarize this last point, my course has been charted. My destiny is assured. I am passionate about my vision for the future. I will not wait. I have a decided heart. How many in here, you have some decisions to make for this year? You need a new course. You need a new chart. You know, you got something that you're looking at. You're like, you, I got to make a decision. How many's in here like that? Just raise your hand. Like, okay. See the, the things in life and it's constantly changing and evolving in our life. We got different cards that are coming down all the time. And these, these are the things we've got to do to make the right decisions. We've got to take responsibility. We've got to seek wisdom. We've got to be a person of action. We've got to have a decided heart. Our hearts got to be right. Our hearts definitely got to be right. Let's all stand this morning, those of you that raised your hand, what I want, want us to do, I want us all to close our eyes, and those of your hand, I want you to lift your hand again. I want us to agree and to pray. I want us right now to seek God. Father, right now, we seek you. Lord, you are the one that has the answers. You are the one that brings wisdom. Lord, we look to you. We look to your word. Father, I thank you for bringing the answers, making it clear. Lord, I thank you for hearts that are running after you. I thank you that our hearts would not be able to deceive us but our hearts would run after you. You would speak to us and we'd have a decided heart to be able to follow, to be able to follow the instructions that you've given us. Lord, I thank you that when we don't know, that we would stop and that we'd be in your word to find the answer. We would stop and pray to you. We'd seek you that we would stop 
and call someone else that may have the answer and seek wisdom, Lord. That we would only put in the sources to us, Lord, that have wisdom. That we wouldn't put in the sources that bring us down and that cloud our minds. That we wouldn't listen to the criticisms of others. That we wouldn't listen to the condemnation of others because there's no condemnation in you. And Father, we just put our past behind right now. There's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we could do that brought us to the place where we have to make these decisions. There's nothing we can do. So we put it behind and we focus on today. And we say, today is the day. Now is the time. And we choose now to be a person of, and, and a man or woman of action. We decide to have a decided heart, Lord, and to be able to tackle and to, and to take on the decisions that we have. I thank you that each one here with their hands raised and the sound of my voice will be able to make decisions for success. Lord, for I know that you would have us and, and want us to have success in every area of our life. Lord, I thank you and believe and trust in you now. Lord, we don't lean into our own understanding. We lean and trust on you, as your word says, and you will direct our path. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? God is good. Amen. Hallelujah.